you either fit into the role or you go to hell. And I was like, I don't fit the role. Fuck. <laughs> now what do I do? Cultivation, episode one. So, Hannah, we were just in Long and McQuaid's, weren't we? <laughs> yes, we were. <laughs> yes, we were. I love that store. You do. And we were so excited to go there, weren't we? Yes. So, walked in the store and I just like, I felt weird initially walking into the store. And I'm like, that looks like my brother. And I was like, shit. <laughs> and then. It's like one of those moments where everything stops and you just like, it's like slow motion. You're like, I do have time to leave if I want to, but will I? Which was, it was weird because it was like, I was like, that's my brother. Then like the longer we were in the store and I was like watching this guy. If it wasn't my brother, he's probably very creeped out. I was like, no, that's him. I was like, is it though? I don't know. Is it him? I'm not sure. It is. No, wait. It was weird. It's like if that wasn't him, then that's the most alike person that I've seen of my brother, like ever. I guess it wouldn't be weird to see my brother in a store, or it wouldn't be like a weird situation if we were close, which like it's not that we weren't close, but we aren't really in contact right now. So I asked, you know, do you want to leave the store? And you said, no. And so we walked in and you were trying to figure out, is this my brother? Isn't this my brother? And then the person kind of turned around and, and actually exited the store quite quickly. Yeah, I know. So I'm like, that's not a good sign. Because <laughs> they definitely looked my way. Did he not? He did. I feel like there was like a, I see you. And then it was, I'm out of here. Oh, I just even like right now, I feel so weird. What does you feel? I feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> I feel, God, it's like the weirdest feeling. I feel like I did something wrong. I feel like I stole something out of the store and like nobody caught me. So I feel like I got away with it. But at the same time, I'm like, ooh, that was spicy. And I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> so you feel like you did something bad? Yes, I do. I think there's there's this like piece of me that's just so like hardcore like family loyalty you know it's just the weirdest thing to like be on like this one side of like this family forever and like this is my life and then all of a sudden I'm on this other side with like other people and like it's not that the side changed it was that I changed they're still all the same and they're still all doing their thing and being the same and I should technically probably be with them because that's what families do at least be in contact with them but I'm in like this completely opposite place with these new people that I'm now calling my family and so when those like worlds like collide it's just like I feel like my double life is like meeting and it's like the scariest thing because it's like oh dear <laughs> I feel like something's gonna blow up let's talk a bit more about that what is it you think that will happen when those two worlds glide you say it'll blow up what might that look like 
Well, I think I've tried to keep it really under wraps that like I'm calling these different people my family. Because if my birth family finds out that I call them my birth family now and not just my family, you know, and like that I call other people my actual family, like they're going to be super not happy with that. They're going to hate that quite a bit. In my brain, I know there's nothing they can really do to like get to me or like hurt me or physically. But like there's this fear that they do find out even just by them knowing I will explode or like, you know, something bad will happen to me if I'm found out. There'll be a consequence, you know, or like they'll like try to confront me or the people that I'm with and it's just going to be really not good. And I think I'm afraid of that confrontation mostly because I know what I will do and what I will do is not what I'd want to do in that situation. Like I will lock up, I will freeze and I will not say a word and they'll be able to do whatever they want to me or say to me or whatever, you know, and then whoever I'm with, if I am with anybody will have to stand up for me, which is the worst thing I could think of because, you know, I've made these choices and nobody else should have to like deal with the aftermath except for me you know is how I feel I feel really pathetic that I know that I will like freeze and lock down and totally not engage with them at all or I'll like run away because <laughs> that's what I do why is it not okay to stand up to your family or to t say that they're wrong so, like, we could disagree on what style we think is in. We can disagree on, you know, our music taste, as long as it's still Christian. Stuff like that, it's fine. It's not really a big deal. But if I'm, like, questioning their spiritual morals, if I'm saying, hey, what you believe is not right, that's a big no-no. Because I should be learning from them. They should be telling me what's right and wrong, spiritually and morally not me telling them so for me to do that is disrespecting them and basically saying like they would always say to me well you think you're smarter than us you think you're so smart you think you we haven't thought about these things and I'm always like no I just don't agree with you I don't think gay people go to hell <laughs> sorry <laughs> I don't <laughs> and you know they'd be like well Hannah you know deep down that we're right and you're wrong because if they're like okay well that's your opinion you know, then they're like saying there's a chance that they might be wrong. It's like, no, you know, deep down that we are right. So that in their minds, if they can say that and believe it and even cause me to believe it, then they have no nothing to question their beliefs on. Like they are right. If they can make everybody around them like say that they're right, then they have there's nothing questioning them, which doesn't really work out, honestly, if you have people around you with any sense of self-worth or morals in society <laughs> which is why I got started going to the public school and not you know because I was private schooled and then homeschooled and then eventually I got to public school and it wasn't even for all my courses it was just for like electives like one or two electives and I started but I'd talk to the teachers and I'd you know, they'd be telling me about these different courses and about like social justice that I was really interested in. And like I just talk about society with them. 
and probably because they found my perspective super interesting. <laughs> yeah, we would just talk about like what's going on in the world. You know, at that time I was 16. I was, no, yeah, 16. Um, Trump had just got in, I think. Yeah. And so that was a big thing. And, you know, my family's like, like, yeah, you know, man of God, let's go. You know, Trump, let's go. We love you. Do do God's work, holy man. And so, like, that's what I was like. I was like, yeah, everybody, you know, let's go, Trump. And the teachers were like, no. And I was like, well, why not? And they're like, well, reasons. And I was like, oh, those are good reasons why not to like this guy. And then I would go home and I'd be like, and they'd be like, go Trump. And I'd be like, well, reasons. And then, you know, my family would be like, oh, you're letting those teachers, you know, just tell you everything. And you're not, you're believing that person over us. And, you know, like they don't love you. We love you. It always came down to like this weird, like dynamic of like, not only do we know better, but we love you. So if you want to be loved, <laughs> it's like, you listen to us and you know they don't care about you we care about you and it's just like this constant like reaffirming that like this is your bubble don't step out of it because what happens if you step out of it <laughs> yeah like i become the other and they can't control me anymore like if i'm having my own thoughts i like i have agency and then if i have agency then i'm not tied to them yeah it's like I even right now I feel guilty for like saying all this stuff and like you know I have the voice being like hey <laughs> why are you saying these things about these people who have loved you forever <laughs> and I'm like well did they though but yeah they just there's this you know if they can they can really get away with anything if they have your loyalty and if they can make you believe that that is the only space you will ever be loved, then you'll never leave. And that was not great for me because I was n like, that works up until a point that the person isn't what they want already. So like up until I came out, even before that, but for the most part, I could still fit into that mold of what I was supposed to be. You know, my role in the family as a daughter, granddaughter, get married to a guy, have kids. That was what I was supposed to do. And they could, you know, in that role, I had my grandma's voice. Like my grandma, like basically ran the show. So it was my grandma. Um, my mom was a big influence on me. Like we were like really close. We were really, really close. My dad, yeah, he didn't talk, like, we didn't talk a lot, so, like, when we did, it was, like, ooh, you know, big things. Or there's, like, you know, guidance, fatherly guidance. Yeah, I mean, you step out of what they made for you, and, you, like, if you're not that, I mean, it's not, it's not even that I stepped out, it was just that it came time for me to fit the mold, and I didn't fit it. And there was nothing I could really do about that. Well, like, I had a choice. I could stay and try to fit the mold until I broke. Or I could leave. And and then who knows <laughs> what happens after that. What does it mean that you try and 
fit the mold until you break. My job, like since a kid, is you know being this, you know, light for Jesus, woman of God, person, Mary man, have a family. That's my that's my purpose. That's my bubble. That started falling apart around the time like sixteen, seventeen, when I started realizing that that is not that that would never work for me. And at that point, I had no outside support. You know, I was like, this is the only version of life that I can imagine for myself. Like, I have nobody else really out there. Like, I have some teachers that have been, like, you know, talking to me. At this point, I wasn't, like, relying on them for, like, I was still, like, very much under my parents' influence, my grandparents' influence, and my church's influence. And when I realized that, I would never be what they wanted. I just didn't want to be alive anymore. I got really, like, it got really dark because I was like, there's just nothing. There's no future for me. I, I believed and I hated myself so much. I believed that I, I was fucked up as a person, defective, you know, not worth anything. And because I was pretending so hard, just pretending so hard to be what they wanted, I was very good at masking. I could come into a conversation and you wouldn't really believe that I was anything but what I was supposed to be in that bubble. And yeah, my family was really happy with me. They're very proud of me. They, you know, other than the fact that I was, you know, questioning their religious beliefs and like morals and stuff, but they were like, it's fine. You know, every teenager goes through that. She'll figure it out. And my grandpa would tell me that all the time, you know, Hannah, you know what's right. And you'll come you'll come home. And yeah, it'll all be fine. And I'm just like, hmm, okay. But yeah, there was no there was nowhere else to go for me. And that's when I was like, I don't know what to do because this was my life. Like this was everything. And now like I don't know what's real anymore. Like I feel like such a failure. Like, all these things I was supposed to be, and then I'm not. And I felt like it would be better for me to not be alive than to continue living as something that wasn't what they wanted. I felt like if I continued to live as something that they didn't want or that was didn't fit the mold, that would be hurting them more than killing myself. And that that would be a greater loss to them than if I wasn't alive. And I was coming to terms with that. And I was like, that's probably the, like, you know, I got to think about them and what they need and what they want. And it, like, became such a, God, it's like, it's hard to describe, but, like, you feel so guilty that even being alive, like, is guilt. Like, you're guilty for being alive that's what happened like if you if you step out of that mold and they would tell you that you step out of God's plan for your life which is this we've laid it all out for you there's not much for you to do if you step out of that there's nothing there for you no one there to care for you you know there's just sin and death and you know they'd use that verse you know the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. I can't remember where it is. Some Romans or something. 
that's how I saw the world. And it was like, the wages of sin is death. And I'm stepping out of God's plan. The wages of sin is death. So like, this is, that's it. That's all that's there. But the gift of God is eternal life. But so like, if I maybe try harder to fit into this mold, like maybe if I really, you know, you know, it sounds bad when you're like, you know, oh yeah, to fit into a mold. But they're so good at making that sound like that's what you're supposed to be doing. And that's a good thing, you know? So like, it's like the road is narrow, you know? Like the people of God, the road is narrow. And wide is the path that leads to darkness. It's like, it's this very, this image of this very like small contained space. And then so to have that space outlined, it was just natural that that's your space. And if you step out of that, <laughs> wages of sin is death. So pick or choose. And they would, you know, in children's church, I remember them, they'd have papers and they'd be, they'd have these roads drawn on them, you know? So it's, it's like, so then there's this tiny road, teeny weeny tiny road, very enclosed and, and this little person. And, this, and then, then, and then there's this big wide road and, you know, there's lots of people on it. And I just, I remember, I don't know if this was an image they specifically put in there, but like when I see how I thought about that, like all of these people like partying and I remember that, that was a part of it. They're like, oh yeah, they're all partying, you know, on their way to hell. And there's like gay flags and there's, you know, drugs and alcohol and sex and like all of these things. But like, I remember like, I remember like placing Either I placed the image of the flag in there or else they did. I don't remember. But yeah, that's like, that is the way of the world. And anything outside of this super small, super slim road where like one person can fit on at a time, then you were on this other road. So it's like this other road basically, to, to match their logic, it wasn't two roads even. It was one really small skinny path and then this everywhere else was another road like anywhere else on the planet other than this spot was the road to hell it was very very important that i fit into my role you either fit into the role or you go to hell that's that's the base line that's the basic thing here and i was like i don't fit the role fuck <laughs> now what do i do It wasn't that I hadn't tried to fit it, because I had. It was just not happening. And the older I was getting, and the more I was seeing the world, the less I was fitting the mold. Like, the more I was, like, it was like watching myself, like, outgrow this, like, bubble. And I'm trying so hard just to squish back in there. I'm like, no, no, get back in. But it's just like things are popping out this side. It's like my pants are too small and there's just buttons flying off everywhere. It's just like, no, please just hold it in. But it's just not happening. So it's like, okay, how do we just, what do we do? Okay, we're panicked. Okay, just stop everything. Stop everything. So it doesn't get any worse, you know? And for me, that was just like, just stop living. Just end it. Because if you keep going, it's just going to keep getting worse. And... <laughs> The buttons will continue to pop and pretty soon you are going to be way, way down this other road, which is basically anywhere but the, you know, but the friggin path that I'm supposed to be on. I'm going to be, you know, 
unrecognizable as a human being. I'll be so full of sin and so horrible. And really like their thing about that is you can always be saved if you go that route. But there is a point where God will stop trying to get you back. They're always like, it's a slippery slope. And, you, you, you know, you walk on the edge of that slope because it's real fun. And it's all fun and games on the edge of the slope. And then you slip. And and then pretty soon, that's where you're at, is there's no hope for you. And if I ended my life, there was hope, at least, that I had been good enough that God would still accept me into heaven. And my logic was like... <laughs> This is already hell. I'm already living tortured. So might as well take my chances. I mean, I haven't gone fully off the rails yet. And, you know, there's a chance. This could be my, you know, maybe this is my way. Like, this is my way out. Maybe this is God's plan. This is my way back to God. You know, the ultimate sacrifice. da na It was weird because I grew up in a reality that wasn't really what we know or what I know now as reality, I guess. What the general public knows is reality, in my opinion. From as far back as I remember, I was in this worldview and I was taught this worldview and it was reinforced. It's like, you know, how kids grow up in a place and they just learn the language. And it's like, you don't even think about it. Like, I grew up and, like, I knew English. It's not like I had to go to classes to learn English. I went to school, but everything was already in English. Like, it's that base, like, understanding. Is That's what I had of the world. Before I was even old enough to, like, know all the intricacies of it or, like, what exactly it was that we believed, I knew... That there was a heaven and that there was a hell. And you were going one of two ways. And that was my reality. My whole reality fit within those two places. It was like this, this, you know, the space between those two spaces. And there was God and there was the devil. And both of them wanted you. <laughs> And sometimes it seemed like the devil wanted you a little bit more than God, but I guess that's how it is. That was, yeah, that was my life. So then when I started adding things to that worldview and that like space of we're God's chosen people, like, you know, we are God's warriors in the earth and we're saving other people and the devil is doing bad things and God is doing good things. And unbelievers, you know, we don't mix with unbelievers who aren't a part of the church. Really any Christian that's not a part of this particular church also because they're probably not really believers <laughs> because we have the best form of Christianity. I mean, I guess if they live somewhere else, you know, there was like certain expectations. And if you, you know, if you believed, if you were, you know, if you're like, I'm a Christian, but I think it's okay that people are gay. You'd be like, blasphemy, you're not a Christian. Those people were not considered Christians. Those people were actually considered worse than unbelievers because they're tainting the faith or whatever. 
misrepresenting Jesus. Within that bubble, then to add things like social justice, you know, like maybe, you know, maybe we shouldn't be controlling, you know, women's bodies. And like a big thing with the church was also like abortion, um, gay marriage, abortion, you know, the regular stuff. And I was talking, like I'd be talking to my teachers, I'd be like, well, it's murder isn't it? <laughs> and they'd be like, well, this, these are the reasons why we think differently. And I was like, that makes sense. That's not supposed to make sense to me. That's not supposed to make more sense to me than the other people's argument. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> this is really not good, but I can't not listen to you. Please keep going. <laughs> it's like, it was like watching a train wreck. It's just like, in slow motion it was like oh yeah train's definitely going but i can't not watch it there it goes oh no and it's like hannah you knew that was gonna happen that's what my parents would be telling me like when i'd be like talking to them about this stuff you knew when you know you started going there that they would have these opposing ideas to what we believe that they would try because they're teachers at a public school and their job is to brainwash children. Definitely not what we do by sending you to private school. That's not what... That wasn't that at all. That was raising God's army, you know? Yay. But no, it's the public school teachers that are brainwashing you. So if you're listening to them, that's on you. Because you do that they, this was going to happen. And I'm like, yes, I see your point. But also, they make more sense. <laughs> and they're like, well, you know, it's, it's not all about logic and reason. You know, it's, it's about faith. It's about morals and what Jesus wants. And I'm like, yeah, I see. I see where you're coming from. But also, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, now you just sound silly. <laughs> like, you know, and then I was realizing that the more I was talking with them, even if their points were coming across better than mine, I like, I could feel that I wasn't believing it. Even though maybe I should have. Like everything was that they were telling me was lining up with how I thought. And like, they should have been able to convince me that people who are telling me these other ideas were wrong they should have been able to, to convince me of that like with everything that they've set you know all these like triggers that should have been going off for me being like you know you knew they were going to talk to you about the specific thing you knew they were going to try and make you believe this but I could feel and I was like I <laughs> I know this is a trick but it's working <laughs> And for some reason, I like it. <laughs> and I'm like, and then that made me feel even shittier. Because I was like, I'm falling away from God and I'm doing it on purpose. You know, I could be doing things to stop it, but I'm not. I'm like letting myself be misguided. <sighs> and by then I was just very, very confused. I was like, okay. If that's the reality, then why are all of your arguments 
not sounding quite right. Like, why are they're not even, not that they're not sounding right even, but that they aren't even sitting right anymore. I'm sensing a lot of negative energy <laughs> coming from these people right here. And, you know, these are the people who are also telling me that I'm not anxious. You know, cast all your cares upon God for he cares for you. Like, why, why would anyone choose to have anxiety? <sighs> Hannah, come on now. Let's not do that, okay? Just choose to be happy. Depression? Pfft. Choose happy. Yay. You know, the pastor would always be like saying, um, people who are sad, people who are, you know, identify as depressed. They just, they just let the devil win. They just lay down and let the devil have a go at whatever. And that's totally on them. And then, you know, it would be, the next sentence would be like, I decided I don't like being sad. So I live joyfully in Jesus. And then everyone's like, yay, you know, clapping like, hallelujah, woo, like, hell yeah. And, and then, you know, I'm sitting there like, hmm, well, I get what you're saying. But after this is over, I'm going to go home and cry because I feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> and nothing you're saying is making me feel like there's hope for me, you know, because I'm trying to choose happy. Happy is not choosing me. <laughs> like it's, it's not working. And they'd be like, no. Christ you know, people who call themselves Christians and like are on like anti-depression medicine, they're not real Christians. People who call themselves Christians and go to counselors are not real Christians. Unless they're Christian counselors. That's different. Different, okay? It's different. But my point is mental health is not real. That's what they would say. Mental illnesses are not real. That's people spending so much time on themselves that they get into their heads and then the devil like does what the devil does. Who knows what that is? Because, you know, and then because pastor was an old fart back in my day, we didn't have this thing called depression. We would rely on God like they wouldn't just give us pills for anything. You know, you have a medication addiction and you just call it depression. Back in my day, we worked hard and we did what the good Lord wanted and we were happy. <laughs> and I still am happy. <laughs> like, yeah, you keep telling yourself that, buddy. You don't sound happy. I don't know why you're shouting at me. <laughs> like, we were happy, okay? <laughs> okay. Not questioning you. Jeez. So defensive. So then I felt like, not only did I feel like, God, am I sad? <laughs> am I, I am just a fuck up. I am not good at life. Failure. But then it was also like, I can't get help because mental illnesses don't exist. So these panic attacks I'm having, you know, four to five times a day, little less, little more, depending on the day, aren't real, I guess. It's just me. Okay, that makes sense. 
yeah, sure, why not? It's just another way that I have failed as a human being. Sure, we'll we'll chalk it up to that. Ooh, that's, oh, okay, I'm in the mall now, walking by Levine Rose. There are feelings there that I don't really like. Another way Hannah has failed as a person. <laughs> Same-sex desire? Wow, Hannah, failure. <laughs> you fail. You said a swear word that one time. Fail! Just nonstop, all the time, I'm a failure. And if I go to get help, I'll even be a bigger failure for not being able to handle how much I have already failed. And so it was like, I had no, nothing, no, nowhere to go, nothing to go off of. It's just like, I guess we die now. <laughs> it's not really much else for me to do. 